This is The Hill, talking rugby league with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Hello and welcome to the fourth edition of the pandemic-stricken Hill, the show run by two guys who've been playing Who Would You Rather Be since the turn of the century. Coming up on today's show, have Project Apollo executed a moon landing by bringing back rugby league to be played in a prison-style arrangement in May? Judging by Wayne Pierce's FaceTime streaming setup in his car, the answer is yes. We'll talk about the merits of that prison, Channel 9's fighting words, and Cam Smith as the voice of reason, but not before we immerse in the staples of this fine production with Who Would You Rather Be? Are You Interested? Tiger Corner and For Mine. On that note, a massive thanks to those who've got in touch this week. There's been stellar engagement, and I'm using those term, uh, that term with inverted commas. And if you do uh, have a chance to like, subscribe, or give us a review, uh, an iTunes review, that is if you can find our podcast at all and not confuse it with other um, podcasts about the United States Capitol Hill, uh, we'd be just as happy as Deputy Premier Barillaro uh, looked when he was assuring the lockdown state of New South Wales that rugby league is the tonic we need to get through this virus. Here with me is the warhorse himself, Tim Sparks. Uh, mate, hello, and let's just jump right into it. A return for league on May 28 is what's being reported. Do you like it? On a scale of responsible to, come on, I just want my footy, how good has the work been from Junior Pierce and the Apollo Innovation Committee to give us our footy back, which is what we've always wanted? Hi, Pezza. Hi, listeners. Hope you're all doing well. Good to be here on the Hill. Answer the question. What was the question? Is it good know. to have the footy back? Is it is it a silly thing to do? Is it a reckless thing to do? Yeah. Um, is it negligent? <laughs> Does it fly in the face of everything we've achieved so far in trying to flatten the curve? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably yes to those questions I asked myself there. But do I want the footy back? Yeah, of course I do. So again, <laughs> so, mate, you know. just torn as ever. Mm. I don't know. I know it's a silly prospect. May the twenty eighth, like, oh, it's alarming. It's 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 alarming. But yeah, I want the footy back. So, what are you gonna do? <laughs> well, you could protest, I suppose. Right. Socially distance, obviously. It's really funny, isn't it? Sparks like the one thing that. Um, I'm observing with this discussion about league coming... Oh, we're observing so many things. Firstly, is this like the only business that's just saying, yep, like, no, we're going to be back in May? It's the only sport that seems to be doing it. Why aren't other sports doing this? That's the first thing. And the second thing is, it's all happening on this sort of predication that we're to believe that the NRL would cease to exist. Like, it's um, its mere existence is being is threatened unless it comes back straight away. Like we're, we're having to buy this idea that the whole thing will collapse. It wouldn't exist anymore unless we did this. So that's how high the stakes are. Do you think that's true? Or do you think when they say the NRL wouldn't exist, what they mean is it wouldn't exist with the level of money that it currently has? Yeah, that one. Of course, the NRL is still going to exist, just like everything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> community sport is still going to exist. Uh, the schools that people aren't going into are still going to exist. Mm. Uh, most things, you know, are going to take a hit. We get that. And it's going to be difficult times for a lot of people over this six to 12 months. But almost everything we have now, it will still exist when we come back, uh, including the National Rugby League. But maybe what won't exist is large salaries for people uh, administrating the game, um, hanging around the game, and... <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, and I guess working in, in positions that didn't exist in the pre-professional era. And that's what people are worried about, I think, ultimately. It's people in the administrative roles mm. uh, who, are, who are on the gravy train, really. And I think if some of them were, to be honest about it, would admit that and good luck to them. But that's what's going to change. So, you know, it's, yeah, their livelihoods are being threatened. It's their livelihoods. Uh, and I guess to a degree, players and coaches the same. They're not going to be paid as much when they go back. So I guess that's where they're. I guess that's where they're coming from, and they're trying to sell to us that yeah, if if we don't get the game back, then it'll never exist anymore, and you as a fan won't have anything to watch. Like that's what Volandis was saying. I don't know who he was talking to. I saw it on the news, where he's saying the reason that they're bringing the game back is for the fans. He said we owe it to the fans. It was like, mm, well, you probably don't owe it to the fans so much because 
from what I'm hearing from everyone outside of rugby league, uh, is to stay home to practical distancing and only go outside if it's absolutely essential. And to me, uh, playing a game of footy isn't essential and it doesn't agree with the terms of social distancing. But it's just interesting that he that he's going back for the fans mm, you're not you're going back for you guys mm. and yeah that's that's what i think once again just widespread praise for vlandis though who's very busy at the moment and doing such a great job to bring well, the code back well that's right exactly and you know you know he's a, he's a leader and we like to follow him um and you know that's great too so let's not let's not um, muddy the waters too much around vlandis that's right if you are listening peter so Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I noted a couple of people have been coming out and saying not only is this is the notion of coming back in May or late May ridiculous on the same day that, you know, there's been 1.6 million cases of coronavirus, etc., and death toll continues to rise, but it also – people have countered that by saying, well – the, re- the the laws, um, the regulations, the rules may relax a little bit by then, so the NRL is just getting itself ready for that situation. But that has been counter-counted by others saying, like, if you start talking about this kind of stuff when we're two to three weeks into social distancing and some isolation and um, a complete shift of our life so that we can get on top of the virus, when you start talking about the rules being relaxed when preparing for things coming back, um, that signals to people that they can all relax a little bit as well. So in terms of mm. the message oh, that absolutely. it sends to the community, it's essentially just saying, like, look, we've not got too much longer of this to go. Let's start getting ready for lo- for our lives returning to normal. Anyway, welcome to the Ernest Hill. Um, we've completely shifted it, this podcast. But, you know, as you said, Sparks, on the flip side, footy's back. Footy might be back. So, you know, there is that. Mm. Mm. Let's, li- right. let's lighten it a little bit uh, with the, the way we like to kick off uh, this show, Who Would You Rather Be?, um, yes, and, yes. Uh, yeah, and you've, you said you've got an absolute cracker this week, Sparks. I've got so, a good one. Okay. I think so. well, I why think, don't we headline with yours? I'll, um, yeah, I was going to say speaking to the fans. Okay. I'll, I'll, oh, you're our oh, headline, so I'll you're going to kick off. Okay. I'll start. Okay, sure. Okay. Um, Tim, oh, just for those who are tuning in for the first time to this wonderful podcast, we obviously, we, mm-hmm. who would you rather be is just about asking, um, you know, the co-presenter, which of these two players would they prefer to be? And the only rule is that the players have to have some kind of commonality in their name. Um, very juvenile and so juvenile that we actually played this game when we were juveniles um, uh, yep. in, in, in Year 10. Okay, um, Tim, who would you rather be? Um, Luke Burt or Luke Phillips? Ooh. Hmm. That's good. I like it. I like it. Two fine players. I'd love to be either of those guys. Well, that's, yeah, that's not really the spirit Great of the game, players. Though, is it? No, 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 I'm aware of that. I'm going to have to make a decision. So we'll go to Luke Burt, Parramatta. He would have carved out 10 or 12-year career. One club player at Parra? Yes. Was he somewhere beforehand? No. I think he's a one-club player. One-club player. I think he started on the wing, spent a bit of time at fullback, goal-kicking. Oh, gee. Played in some good sides too. No premierships for him, uh, as has been the case for Parramatta. Um, in these sort of you know years gone by, uh, would have played in that 0-1 season. That would have been good just to dominate everyone. Uh, Origin now, what are we what are we doing Origin wise? Zero rep. See, he's a, he's a, see, not even any city country. I thought he would have oh, got a start sure. yeah, in I think city he's country. Played a bit, he's play, played a bit of that, yeah. Or can you tell me which one? Because it might sway me one way or the other. That's a good point. Um, we'll keep talking. I'll, I'll see if I can. I'll, I'll get our researchers right. onto this. Because I think I think he's is he a country boy? Yeah, I think I'm he not sure. Be. I'm gonna I'm edging pretty close to him. But on the flip side, so we got Luke Phillips. So he was Roosters. He was Roosters. He would have played in the. Did he play in the 2000 Grand Final? Not only did he Luke play in the Phillips 2000 Grand Final, but he had an absolute wow of a game. I went to that game. Um, Sparks is the 2000 grand it's a pretty final, possibly the grand. worst grand final in living memory. Mate, I was just about to say, extremely uneventful. And full respect to the Broncos for winning it. Don't get me wrong there, but it was just uneventful. What was the score? It was 14 6 or like something? 12 6, it, I think. But it felt like it was, 
you know, the scoreline didn't reflect the game. It should have been sort of more of a 28 to 6. Kind of, I think the Broncos dominated, but I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Um, by Strange the way, Luke, time, Luke mate, Burt those played. Years, um, Strange time. He played one game for New South Wales country, Luke Burt, in 2010. Okay, actually. all right. Yeah, I think I'm going to be Luke Burt, mate, despite the, the premiership. Oh, it's not the premiership, the grand final that Luke Phillips was in. Luke Phillips played anywhere else. I feel like yep. he probably played about 120 games. We're sort of talking about what? Six seasons, something like that. He was a hard runner, ran very hard, ran the ball back hard, mm. similar to, you know, how Carmichael Hunt sort of did it. Or Gary Jack even back in the day. Um, Gary Jack had a bit of stuff on Twitter this week. We might talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> mate, I'm going to be Luke. Uh, did Phillips have any? He was, was it Because I know Luke Phillips went on to be a referee as well. I think he's still doing that now. That's isn't good. He? I thought you'd raise that. Uh, yeah. I'll give you a bit of info on both of them now. So Luke Burt played 264 yeah. games. I'm going to be Luke Burt, by the way. Okay. 264 games, 1,793 points. So kicking a lot of goals. It's the 10th most in history. Second behind Mick Cronin at Para for point scoring. Um, he's only the third player in the history of the game to score 100 tries and kick 500 goals. So it's just a lot. You're just involved third a lot, player. aren't you? Third player, yeah. Could you name the other two? No, not off the top of my head, I don't reckon. El, not El Masri? Would it El, El Masri is one. Uh, You'll do well to get the second uh, one. Uh, what era? Uh, you say same, same, a bit earlier, but only just. 90s. 90s and 2000s. No, I don't. Halligan wouldn't have done it enough, would have he? No. no. I don't know. No, you have to tell me. Ryan Girdler. You'll have to tell me, mate. Um, oh, Girds. Yeah. Um, Luke Burt, most tries for Parramatta. He broke Brett Kenny's record for that. Um, Luke Burt also coached the Gold Coast to eight losses last year out of eight games when he um, took over from Garth Brennan. So something to, something to think Are about you? there. Um, Luke Phillips, actually fewer games than I thought, 105 games, the top level, still a lot of games. Yeah. Um, he started in 1997 for North Queensland during the Super League era. So you might have, now yeah, you, might, you might be thinking a bit differently around where you'd like to be playing. I think because uh, that, that's a pretty good era. Um, yeah, great performance the two thousand grand final against Brisbane. Uh, as I as I asked, was this the worst grand final ever? And uh, he started refereeing after Phil Gould told him to have a go. Uh, he was he was actually his first his first sort of NRL appearance yeah. was as, as a touch judge in two thousand and nine. So something you might need to think about given that you have a few refereeing aspirations. And um, uh, you can settle down with stuff, mate. Uh, he also has a pinball and video game supply business, mate. So, Whew, not so, bad. Something to think about. Look, I'm staying. Yeah, no. Look, definitely some few things to think about, and wouldn't be a bad. You know, wouldn't be a bad career if I had gone with Luke Phillips. But I'm going to go with um with Bert. Okay, mate. All right, mate. I'm going to go with Luke. <laughs> Cheers. All right, Pezza. Here's a good one for you. I think. All right. Who would you rather be? Alan McIndoe or Alan Can. Ooh, yeah, that's really good. That's some of your best stuff. Is it a good one? It's a really good one. I reckon I was happy with it. You got a big smile on your face with that one too. Alan McIndoe or Alan Can. Jeez, you know. I'll start with Alan Can. Uh, Alan Can, in my memory, I mean, Alan Can, Broncos player, um, prop forward from memory. Yeah, 100 on the dot. Back rower, yep. Yeah, and oh, back rower. Second okay. rower. Pardon me. And um, second rower for the Broncos from 1990 to 1996. Yeah, it was interesting. Games. I always kind of um, Alan Can. I was I sort of equate him with Andrew G a little bit. Andrew G would have played a few more games and and was a front rower. But um, Alan Can. I remember he was a pretty um pretty tough bloke. Alan Can. I think he used to get a few have a few disciplinary issues. He used to end up at the judiciary quite a lot or maybe for something famous. I don't know. I feel like Alan Can got sent off in some famous uh, match or something or maybe that just means he got sent off against the Bears once. But um, because I remember it. So yeah, Alan Can would have played you said about 100 or so games uh, in a pretty frightening Were you thinking of um, a high tackle on Mark McGore? That might be it. Yeah. Couple of spear tackling controversies. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've done well there oh, against thanks. West. Also, I won on Brad Pittler. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I sort of also also a spear tackle on Martin O'Fire too mm, uh, in the World Club Challenge of 1994. Yeah, so very that's that, good man. knowledge. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I seem to remember him. Do as you want to be that kind of player as a bit of a villain? Um, oh, the plus side with Alan Canner, all the players he would have played with. Uh, he also would have worn that Travel Land jersey with. Um, 
you know, the diamonds uh, and, and that kind diamonds, of malarkey. Yeah. So that's pretty that's pretty tempting. And he, he's I think he's played a couple of games for Queensland, Alan Can. I mean, if you played for the Broncos, you played for the Queensland, didn't you? Pretty much. I've got it here that he's played one in 96. Oh, okay. So he, he, that's, a good, that's a good year to be playing Origin as well, as far as I'm concerned. Was, 90, was 96 Paul Vorton's one? No, it was 95. 95. Yeah. Still, um, an Origin game is an Origin game. An origin I'm game surprised he game. didn't go on a kangaroo tour too. Hey, yeah. can I give you one other bit of information just before Please, you want to yeah. make any um, yeah. decisions? Rash judgments. Also, 32... 32 games for the Adelaide Rams, 97 to 98. Hmm. Wow. Running out at Adelaide Oval there. Followed followed Kerrod Walters over to the Rams. Okay, that's yeah. To finish off. So you finish off your career in Adelaide. That's a Just pretty that's a that pretty enticing package. And yeah, and the sort of networks you're able to build over there in Adelaide as well. Well, that's right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And some good wine. Okay. Uh, and Alan McIndoe, well, gee whiz, you know, as I started following rugby league, Alan McIndoe is one of the great players and he played for the Illawarra Steelers, uh, you know, in a, well, he sort of almost feels like he spanned two eras, which is how you feel when you're sort of born in 1985. There's life yes. before you can remember. And then like, then as league comes into your consciousness and like Alan McIndoe played in this era before... I knew anything about league, and then he was a, he was sort of becoming a veteran. He was pretty much a veteran by the time I started watching, and um, but he was really the for a few years there. He was really the stalwart of the Illawarra Steelers. He was the man. They, they sort of built their team around him, and he was a very very good player, flying a, a winger. Um, would would have racked up many records um, for the Steelers. He was he was a captain on the wing, wasn't he? So that's pretty handy. Um, I imagine he would have done a bit of damage on that Wollongong circuit as well, and yeah, obviously he would have he would have gone around and been skipper of blokes like that, that we talk about often, like you know Pincinelli, uh, Wisher, Rodwell, and um, you know your Brad Mackays and your John Simons of the world. Uh, I would I would love to have been part of that. I'm going to have to say, and, and Alan McIndoe, I think he's played a fair few matches for Queensland as well, and pro- probably got a, a test jumper or two. Um, so yeah, you've got nine. You've got nine origins and yeah. a singular test jumper. There you go. Uh, in the late eighties, you you also haven't mentioned that he played for Penrith in eighty nine nine. Oh, I didn't. Thirty seven games for twenty six tries there as didn't well. Even so know that. So oh, that's something. This it's, it's great to learn that, and I'd love to play for Penrith at that time. Uh, he well, he's played in the grand final then, hasn't he? Nine and so, yeah. the losing one, but yeah, yeah, the losing one, but oh, a man. grand final nonetheless. Man, playing playing for the playing for the Panthers in 1990, you know, for the one they had to lose before they won in 91, obviously wasn't part of that. And then to move over to the Steelers, they're two like two very uh, enjoyable sides and two very friendly sides um, with some great players. And to be to be skipper of that, to play for Queensland Origin, uh, and get a Test jumper and play on the wing, you know, like as a kid, winger was the coolest position because you scored all the tries. Uh, I just like for me anyway, I. I'm going to find it very hard to go past Alan McIndoe. Uh, and I don't really want to be a villain, a villainous uh, Brisbane back rower, you know. I just don't really identify with it. I'm more of a soft Sydney type um, who, who grew up being taught sure. that it was, um, that you know, the Steelers were a good team. It was it was good to go for the Illawarra Steelers and to support the guys uh, from down there. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Alan McIndoe, mate. Excellent. Good decision. Okay, thanks very much. Wow, what a what a breathtaking. Uh, who would you rather be there, Sparks? Well done. You've really delivered there. Cheers, mate. All right. All right look, hope the listeners enjoyed that one out there. That was as much for them as it was for you, mate, just so you know. Oh, it's all for the listeners. I think that almost, almost yeah. goes without saying. This is all, we, we, we do all of this with them in mind. We do it for fans. It's not really a personal project for our own entertainment, and I think that's pretty clear No. Uh, with, with the effort that we yeah, put into this. Let's let's jump, Sparks. Let's just jump straight into. Are you interested? Uh, and and again, for those who are new to the podcast, this is just where we uh, kind of take a look at the media and maybe and just ask each other. Look, with a few of these articles that have come out and the things that are printed, would you like to have a listen to that? Would you like to read? Would you like to know more about it? Lord knows, there's a lot of content with rugby league, or maybe less so since Fox Sports seems to be um, axing most of its staff at the moment. Uh, so. With that in mind, Sparks, why don't you start us off? You ask me if I'm interested in a particular article that you've got, and I'll let you know if I am. 
Okay, mate. So, yes, yeah, speaking of Fox Sports, uh, ran across something during the week. And this is, I guess, the headline, and it's in our quotation marks. I had to ask the questions everyone was thinking. It says, Cherry Evan responds to reports he was too volatile in NRL meetings. Daily Cherry Evans, that is. Are you interested? Kind of am, actually. I mean, there always seems to be... Yeah. There seems to be a lot of conjecture over Daily Cherry Evans' personality. I don't know. If, like, just, that's right. It, it seems to be an item of discussion in a way that seems really disproportionate mm. to what, how much you'd care about a player's personality. But there seems to be a constant narrative that there's something a bit off about him or something a bit strange. So I'm interested because every time I've yeah. heard him talk, he seems fine. Are people in- intimidated by his intelligence? Yeah. You know, what is it? Is he too smart? Uh, yeah, or? I yeah. was going to get to that. Oh, okay, uh, so that's, I'm, I'm interested. That's, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. So Danny Widler has reported that you know the Queensland's captain was in it was a, the approach was aggressive and it raised raised some doubts in the players and in their old camps. Uh, basically, Widler says that yeah, he asked some hard questions and it got to the point where they didn't want Cherry Evans being part of ongoing meetings, and Cherry Evans, as he usually does, just said pretty you know mild manly or a fact that you know. Um, he was just there to ask some of the hard questions. Someone had to ask them, um, and that's what he did. So he said he didn't go with any sort of agenda. He said he completely understands if people need to protect themselves, but um, you know, in their own image and their own jobs. But I just asked the questions that need to be asked. So yeah, there's something about it, mate. People, he's he seems intelligent. That's the mm-hmm. thing. You usually find around sport that if someone has a level of intelligence, they get ostracised. Pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair read? I think it's a. I think it's a fair read. Like, there's not. I've, I mean, not that we know daily, and we will ask daily onto the show. Of course, um, we thought we had another interview lined up today, Absolutely. but um, we've been um, roundly brushed, which is quite funny, really. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, like Cherry Evans strikes me as someone who might just um, arouse suspicion in some of his colleagues or some of the people in what they call the industry. Because perhaps he, as a player, mm-hmm. operates with more grey matter, and uh, maybe he uses words or um, trains of thought that people aren't used to. So therefore, that he must be met with suspicion and dealt with accordingly, usually through ostracisation. So yeah, thanks That's for that. Right. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've got one also from Fox Sports Sparks. Tell me if you're interested or not. Um, I actually clicked on the NRL section, and this came up. Um, just because I wanted an NRL article, so this was this was the headline: Jeff Fennick lifts lid on the day Mike Tyson got his face tattoo. Oh, you know, strangely, this came this came on the interview Jeff Fennick when they do like those five o'clock NRL shows on Fox this e- uh, every evening, mm. Monday to Friday, and you know. Because there's nothing doing, I usually tune in and sort of have a look to see who the guests are. Usually, when it's Braith and Asta and Sam Burgess, I usually brush it. Um, but yeah, I saw that Jeff Fennick was coming on. I was watching this. I actually turned the TV off. So if I'm being honest, I should probably say I'm not that interested because I would have listened. Great. But mate, go on and tell me about it anyway. No, that's fine. I think we should sort of have some integrity for the for the section. You know, if you're not interested, we don't we don't go into it. It's just him okay. telling the story of how he was training Mark Tyson to fight. In a big fight, and then a week out, Tyson just took a day off training. Didn't tell Jeff, who did play some reserve grade for Parramatta, by the way. So that's the NRL link, um, mm. and not related to Mario. Uh, yeah, he he just got upset that Tyson went to get his face tattooed and um, and ended up leaving his camp and uh, and was re- really sad when a week later Tyson knocked the fuck out of some dude uh, in the first round, and he was really sad that he couldn't be part of the win. And that's it. All right. Okay. Just took a day off training, Tyson. That's that's, yeah. that's rugby league at the moment, I guess. I, I have to share with the listeners and to you, Sparks, that like if, if we're talking about YouTube wormholes, one of my favorite, one of my favorites is the um, people who stitch together Mike Tyson's entrance music into um, like in, in into the ring just through the years. I because I just want to see what scary really looks like. Because yeah. the music is like sometimes he has like chains rattling and stuff, or just like a low hum. He doesn't have like big, loud music. It's just a low hum, and like the the commentators are like, "This is this is frightening. He's so scary." Anyway, oh man, what a unit! Yeah. Okay. Uh, change tack slightly. Yeah, please. Slightly, but you know, 
Still league. Uh, so this was written in the age, Bezzy. You, you and I both yeah. uh, reside mm. in Melbourne. So you know, have a look at the age from time to time. Mm. Uh, this is the headline. Ex-AFL and NRL power broker. Why the AFL is so much better off. Are you interested? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, yeah. You interested, you interested, Pezza? AFL versus NRL, you know, one's better than the other. A few code wars, you know. That's always an interesting thing to talk about. What do you reckon? <laughs> well, I especially enjoy reading it from the perspective of somebody who works in the AFL and it, and it appearing in the age. Yeah. Well, there's this bloke, right? His name's Graham Samuel. Have you heard of him before? No, can't say I have. Okay. Well, he's a businessman. Um, I mean, to be fair, he's probably a very good businessman. He he actually wrote a book um, called Petrol Prices and the Australian Consumer. Um, he's the former head of the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, anyway. A triple C. Uh, yeah, so look, he... He's served as a commissioner on both the NRL and the AFL uh, independent commissions. Yep. And he basically just says he basically says that the AFL got their shit together in 1992 from a governance and financial perspective, uh, and that the NRL aren't even at the level that the AFL were in 1992 as far as financial management and uh, governance mm-hmm. and structure goes. Mm-hmm. He also has an extremely well sort of curated backshot in his in his photo nice. uh, at the moment with like book books and a few like sort of um, pieces of China and a few sort of framed um, sports stuff as well, as well as a lounge. So it seems to be a big thing at the moment for people sort of crossing to, you know, yeah. uh, people's houses and stuff is the curation of, you mm. know, sort of the backdrop of what they've, they've done. I know you've uh, done a bit of it yourself as well. So a credit to um, Graham for, for getting that done. Yeah, anyway, are you interested in this? I mean, they basically just say, yeah, we own Marvel Stadium and the NRL don't. I guess the NRL were pretty, like, I guess it's pretty dumb to have all that money and not invested in something, I guess. That's basically it. If they had bought something, maybe a stadium, then they'd be sweet during this time. Is that basically the lesson, Pezza? Yeah, I think the lesson is, like, that Graham is articulating what we have all known for a long time, which is the AFL is bigger, has more money, and is better run than the NRL. Is that right? That's what they're saying, yeah. Okay. All right, Tim, finally, uh, for Are You Interested? So we've had sort of been interested in two articles and completely uh, uninterested, I should say, in one of them. Um, This is Mm. from the digital... Um, enterprise known as ZeroTackle.com. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the article is called If NRL Clubs Were Simpsons Characters. <laughs> now, I know you're probably a bit too intellectual for these kind of exercises, not the sort of thing you'd do, but oh, surely I can <sighs> pique your interest slightly in just working, you know, just finding out, well, what. You know, what Zero Tackle said about my club, say, in your case, West Tigers. Mate, I'm interested in this. Tell me. Talk to me. All right. So they've gone through every club and given them a character and explained so why. If, so, okay, a club and a character. Not a, not yeah. like a – it's not Volandis is, you know, uh, no, you Monty click, Burns or anything like that. click your club it's, and it's, then it tells you uh, who the character is. So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll read the West Tigers uh, just to give you a – an idea and when you click onto West Tigers it shows you this character wearing a West Tigers jersey so it's kind of photoshopped a little bit um, mm-hmm. they've said the West Tigers which obviously alphabetically comes in last um, West Tigers Simpsons character have a, have a guess who they've put in by the way you have a guess oh, I don't know Chief Wiggum ha no no the so West Tigers is um, his way through the job and you know Okay, cool. Um, no, it's uh, Millhouse Van Houten. Um, says Zero Tackle and says, Ah, Millhouse, lovable Millhouse. Oh, how you try so hard, yet you'll never be a main character. Born to be a sidekick, Millhouse gets the odd episode devoted to him, his moment in the sun, but no matter how much effort poor old Millhouse puts in, he always seems to fall, just fall short of his goals. About ninth place, to be exact. 
Mm. Oh, the, the ninth place joke. Well done. Um, yeah, good on him, I guess. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Millhouse in a West Tigers jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other than that, just give me one more. Like, because, you know, okay, very well done. The ninth place joke. What club do you want? Him. That's great. Just anyone. Like, well, I don't know. Give me a club. Uh, uh, the Rabbitohs. All right. South City Rabbitohs. Grandpa Simpson. Back in my day is a catchphrase you hear often, whether you're in Redfern or the Springfield Retirement Home. And South Sydney, just like Grandpa Simpson, is forever talking about all the success they had all those years ago. Like Simpson and Son revitalising Tonic, Grandpa Simpson still has the odd success, but he'll always be focused on the past. Interesting. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Sort of want to keep going through these now, don't you? I would have, I would have, put, I would have, I would have, I would have given that to Saints, but you know, it's their article. Good on them. Uh, it is the end. No, yeah. that's well, good, Saints, that's, are, Saints are Ralph Wiggum. There, I'm mate. looking at Ralph Wiggum with a Saints kit on, so it's pretty. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Zero tackle, you say? Zero Great website. Hey, are we. I know we said we'll fly through this sort of stuff, but I had one more. Are you interested? Yeah. Okay, mate. Am I able to? Okay, this is just on the NRL.com, uh, you know, the National Rugby League platform. Uh, and it's just simply, this is actually a video, but it's kicking tips with Sean Johnson. Are you interested? Yes. Goal kicking, mate. You should be interested. I thought you'd be interested in this. Oh, you said kicking. I, was like, I thought oh, you meant general oh. field, general play. You had to be specific. No, no, goal kicking, mate. Okay. Goal kicking. Are you um, interested? I am. Yeah, I don't think Sean Johnson's a good goal kicker, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing how he goes ah, that about was it. That. It's, it's funny you should say that, actually. He, he, there's not much to it. You know, he's just like, oh, yep, I tossed the ball up um, with the valve on the inside of it or something. I put it down, three steps back, three to the side, looks where he kicks the ball, looks where he wants it to go and kicks it. That's it. Well, a couple, of, couple of tips there for some people, from, for, for kids. I mean, he keeps it simple. That's good. Uh, but yeah, there wasn't much more to it. I'm actually thinking nothing of... about his head, nothing about his head position, not, you mm. know, nothing like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, goal kicking's a lost art, isn't it, mate? It's a lost art in the code. Well, it's funny you say that because because goal kicking statistics are better than ever now. People are people are kicking goals more and more than they used to. So, so I've Jason Taylor told me separately that a lot of that is down to the improvement of the ball. Uh, not yeah, well, and he didn't mean it as a sledge on people. Improvement of the ball and improvement of tees as well. Um, mm. While also agreeing that uh, rugby union kickers tend to be better than league kickers, but their ball is much better for kicking. So the ball is rounder, yeah. Mm. So there you go. All right, wow, gee, what a what a crazy are you interested uh, there, Sparks? So uh, let's move along. Let's move along to the specificities. Uh, of this cast, let's move on along to some niche product, to some niche areas, and by that I'm of course referring to Tiger Corner, run by yours truly. Let's, let's get the music. Get the music going. Let's go. Are we on? Here we are. All right. So welcome to Tiger Corner for this week. <laughs> Uh, Pezza and to the listeners, mostly to the listeners. Uh, if you if you listened last week, you would have heard uh, I've sort of changed it up a little bit with Tiger Corner. You know, we don't have footy on, so usually how it would operate is I'd sort of go through the week's game and maybe you know iron out a few stuff of last week and see what I can look forward to for this week. We can't do that. So what I'm doing, I'm doing my top fives. All right, I'm counting down top fives uh, of things around the Tigers. And Pezza, you'll like what I've done here because. Um, I'm going with goal kickers this time, so I thought Beautiful. we'd segue out of the Johnson into our uh, into Tiger oh, Corner. Nice, like that. so, That's just very professional. Um, yeah, you know we're we're getting professional these days on the hill. Hmm. Uh, so what I'm going to do, I've got yeah my five top goal kickers uh, for the club. The the top two will probably be pretty obvious, okay, to the listeners, but that's okay. I think those guys earned their spots, and that's totally fine. So, um, but maybe a couple of other guys in there as well. Top two. Are you, you feeling okay about this, Pezza? Oh, yeah, I'm just curious as to who you've gone for. but well, I think uh, the yeah. top two will be obvious. Okay. Uh, but, 
and there might be a notable omission. If you want to clickbait people on this, Pezzy, you can do that. Oh, you know, uh, you know, you can say number three or shock them or whatever that sort of stuff is. Anyway, uh, <laughs> number five. Number five, I've gone with Luke Cavell. Huh. Uh, yeah, uh, another a goal-kicking winger. Uh, played about 57 games. Oh, sorry, I kicked 57 goals. Uh, and around the sort of strange sort of 03, 02, uh, 2002, 2003 sort of era where the Tigers were, weren't too good, to be honest. Do you remember Cavell as a goal kicker? Absolutely. He had a huge boot on him. He could kick very, very long. Yeah, he could kicked it upright too. He kicked it upright and just dead straight. You no, know, really? he didn't put any curve on it or anything like that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm almost certain that that's what, how he did it. I'm not sure but he, that's I just right. remember it being really... Anyway. Well, you can fact check it if you want, but that's um, that. He's, he's my fifth place kicker with 57 goals. Okay. Uh, went on to cover a pretty decent career at the Cronulla Sharks uh, and also played a game for uh, a game of two for New Zealand. Number four, Pezza, I've got Dean Collis. Now, he was... He was a he was a really good player, Dean Collis. He um he debuted for the Tigers in the centres probably in 06. Uh, so he was sort of one of those guys that came through. I mentioned Rocky Tremarchi last uh, last week's cast that you know after the 05 Grand Final win, we just thought we'd keep this junior sort of um uh, uh you know production line happening, and we just keep winning. It didn't really happen. But anyway, Dean Collis was a really good kicker, really accurate. Uh, but he did something to his hamstring late. I don't know if he – because he ended up kicking 15 goals. I don't know when he did his hammy. It might have been that. You might have been the one after. But essentially didn't really kick after that. It was a, it was a real um, crying shame for him. Have you, have you but, done any, any research on these guys' percentages, mate, or anything? you going to give us any of that? Or you're just going to say who you liked as a goal kicker for, just for your own – like just on a whim? Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, was Dean Collis even the the primary kicker at the Tigers? Uh, well, see, so it would have been, and again, mate, a lot of this I'm just sort of doing off my memory. Uh, I did, I did have a little look in there. What happened was, oh uh, well, yeah, this is going to ruin. This is going to ruin like the surprise of who the top person was going to be and mate, stuff. But anyway, Dean he Collis, replaced, Dean he Collis replaced kicked one of the. Fifteen he, goals in his he kicked he, he fifteen he, goals. He kicked them well though. He kicked them well. And if he didn't tear his hamstring, Pezza, he would have gone on to kick many more and probably play many more games for the Tigers. Mate. Yeah, he, right, so. he had one season where he kicked fourteen from sixteen in two thousand and seven at eighty seven percent. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Then he did his hamstring, and that's it. Like, mate. Well, he he clearly was a good kicker. So if so if someone if someone is a really good player and they play one season and get injured you never hear from them again they're not worth talking about. Well, gee, you've put him you've put him ahead of um, like Luke Cavell who was like literally a, a really good goal kicker for a long time. Okay, Pezza, so I get a number three now, and that's uh, Pat Richards. All right, so Pat Richards had two separate stints uh, at the Tigers. He sort of had the '05 time where. We won the competition. He didn't kick goals in that time. But then he came back, I think, in around sort of 2015, uh, 2016 kind of era for some pretty pretty tough years, to be honest. Uh, but he did assume the kicking, the kicking duties uh, then for 56 goals, which is, you know, a good effort in, in still a, a short history of the of the club here. So, But what I've really put Richards down for is his um, kickoffs in 05. You know, you'd... You'd surely remember them, and if yeah. we're paying homage to, to, to some kicking, I mean that was that was out of the box stuff. That was something that other teams weren't doing, uh, and it just really complemented a lot of other stuff that the the 2005 West Tigers side did that a lot of other teams didn't do. Uh, hence, uh, winning the winning the premiership. Number two. Now this is what I thought might be obvious uh, for the number two and the number one. Number two, I've gone with Joel Kane. All right, so number two, Joel Kane, uh, kicked 211 goals. Yeah, uh, for the club from 2000 to 2003, um, and yeah, it was the inaugural goal kicker in 2000. He held the most for the he held the record for most points scored in a game, uh, which was in fact the first game the West Tigers ever played against the Broncos, where he scored a hat trick and kicked goals. 
Uh, and he also had the record for most points in a season, which was also that one. I think it was to the tune of 224 points, which was also the highest in the competition that year. Uh, and, you know, we talked about last week how well the Tigers did in 2000, uh, despite missing out on the on the top eight in the end. So I've gone with Joel Kane, and he's such a legend, Joel Kane. I love Joel Kane. Um, I met him in a in, in a pub in Balmain once after a after a Tigers game, and we just got to chatting and stuff. And he sort of like interrupted me at like some point. He goes, "But hang on, wasn't the grand final in two thousand and five the best day of your life?" I was like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." And you know, he he felt the same way. I thought that was pretty cool. Like genuine love for the club. You, you got to love it. Uh, number one, Pezza couldn't go past him. Uh, Brett Hodgson. Yeah? yeah. So great goal kicker. Uh, all those records that Joel Kane held uh, were all surpassed by Brett Hodgson, mostly in sort of that, you know, 2005 to 2006 period of time. Ended up with 317 uh, uh, goals for the club and just a, what, a, what a player. And again, you know, as you know yourself, Pezza, you know, when you win a comp, there's usually your goal kicker is absolutely, absolutely nailing it uh, that season as well. And quite frankly, quite frankly, uh, We've never replaced Hodgson as a goal kicker uh, since, and I think that's really, really cost us. And the thing about Dean Collis was that he started kicking because Hodgson did his knee. Hodgson, I think, did his medial ligament maybe in 06, maybe 07. Collis came in to replace him, uh, and then Hodgson went back and assumed the kicking duties, but was also not the same kicker ever again. Uh, so there they are, Pezza. That's my top five goal kickers for the West Tigers. I uh, hope you enjoyed that, got something out of it, maybe learned something in there, Pezza, and I hope the listeners enjoyed that too. Uh, and I'll be taking, I'll be doing this segment up until May 28, <laughs> until the season resumes, uh, with my top fives. So you know, someone, someone, uh, someone suggested internationals. I might, I might count down next week the top five internationals uh, to play for the Tigers. That's something I might do. Open to other suggestions. Uh, so please get in touch on all the usual channels. Fantastic segment, Sparks. Just a, an absolute ripper. And yeah, please send your suggestions in. Um, really uh, top shelf content. That uh, really looking forward to your top five internationals next week. Um, I'm not even sure that makes sense. Thank you. But um, well, let's go. On. I mean, speaking of correspondence, Sparks, we're, we're moving into for mine. Oh yeah, because we had. Yeah, yeah. We've had a little okay. bit of correspondence this week. Thank you to all those who've left a review for us. We might read a couple of them out. Uh, and and to all those who liked and subscribed, etc., you can keep doing that. We just want to we just want to wrestle and win that algorithm, you know, with iTunes. Just get involved in the wrestle, mm. uh, legally speaking, though. So, um, Sparks, I believe we've got one that's come in from Billy Rees, who actually won the inaugural uh, tipping comp with the Hill. So um, he did, yeah. He's obviously a good predictor of. And the then I don't think he registered this year. Yeah, well. That's right. Oh no, yeah. Well, he didn't register last year either. Oh no, he, or, or he actually bowed out. He stopped. He stopped um, contending for the top spot and then stopped tipping, um, which I think is, I think it's you know the the most laudable thing. But anyway, great tipster in season one, and uh, he's come in with a question. Sparks, I think you've got it. You've got it there. Yeah, it's just trying to load. I'm sort of struggling with a bit of internet stuff at the moment. Uh, but yeah, he's basically he put us a few things, Bill. We can't read them all out, but we'll read this one. Here's a thought, boys, on how you build a new comp. So Billy's suggesting a new comp in these times. Ten teams, four from Queensland, four New South Wales, Canberra, and New Zealand. North Queensland, Brisbane, Gold Coast, um, which covers all of Queensland. Or you could move to Perth for a TV product. One of them, Newcastle, North Sydney, West Tigers, or Balmain Tigers. Uh, he's said the the East Sydney Rabbits or the South East Sydney Cocks, as in the Roosters. St. George Steel Sharks, so he's, he's suggesting a merger there. Uh, Canberra, South Queensland Storm, so that's, I guess, what's well, yeah, Queensland and Melbourne coming together. And then um, you have everything covered. So salary and financial training given to all clubs by East and Melbourne for obvious reasons. Um, so that's Billy's thought. Pez, any thoughts on that one? I think it's a good idea. Yeah, no, I wouldn't change a, a thing of it. I think it's perfect. Um, and thanks for taking the time to put well, that he's, together, he's, Billy. He's got North Sydney in there for you, so that's a good thing. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, I said I wouldn't change a thing. I'd love that. If I woke up tomorrow and that was what the NRL was doing, I'd be overjoyed. So, um, yeah, great. The, the, okay. The next one, Sparks, comes in from friend of the show, Sam McNeil, who was responding to a post we made about where you could actually find the Hill podcast on, on iTunes. Um, so I'm just going to read this out because it then contains a question towards the end. He says, this is great and super helpful. Thanks, lads. Loving the podcast. If you could edit the FB page so the website isn't Mixler, that would be great too. I clicked it on Saturday, but it appeared to only have old episodes, although I could be wrong here. I'm not much of a podcaster. Keep up the good work, boys. Would hate to think you are missing out on potential listeners with such a good product. Question for you both for next episode. Who are your favorite rugby league players? Names, Sam and Tim. That would be a spelling error for from, from Sam, um, but wouldn't be the first time either. Thiday, Manor, he says. It just occurred to me that given it's such a common name, there's really not that many great Aussie rugby league players called Sam. A couple of good Tims about. <laughs> Anyways, just an idea. Not that you need any. You're already chock a Steve full of great segments. Uru. <laughs> Thanks um, well, for that's that great, message, yeah. Sam. Uh, I guess we'll thanks get, for getting in touch, Sam. Thanks for getting in touch. We'll probably just address the stuff at the top. Um, I I accept the feedback, Sparks. I know you do as well. Uh, just around finding the cast. Always, um, yeah. Always. And um, that's and, and that, that you know that maybe that pathway could be improved. So I uh, really appreciate Sam opening up his phone and typing all of that in and sending it. Um, publicly so that's really helpful um and yeah when he says he'd hate to think we're missing out on potential listeners with such a good product well um that certainly sounds very sincere i'm i'm sure he thinks about it often um and just would would hate would perish the thought um who are your favorite rugby league players named sam and tim and he says there's really not that many great aussie rugby league players called sam well he's obviously not heard of sam backer has he He's not no, exactly. I know no. he mentioned Sam Thider. So well, there's two. There's two. Te- there's two test players um, with that name. Mm. He, he says Aussie Rugby League because he's obviously remembered that Sam Burgess is a player as well. One of the greats. One of the greatest South Sydney players of all time. He's English. Uh, so there's there's three that you've got there. He said he wants Aussie though, doesn't he? He's asked for it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are your What are your thoughts on that? Just with the name Sam. Yeah, I would have gone backo straight up. Um, he might raise a point. He might raise a point. Is all I'll say. How many? How many players? Maybe would you need put to have? put it out to the listeners? Yeah, put it out to put it out to the listeners. Who's your favourite player named Sam? Mm. See what we come up with. Yeah. If you're out there, there was a Sharks player called Sam Icemonger. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> mm, it's 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 an interesting one. Yeah. yeah anyway, oh, it's really, right. oh, super interesting. Yeah. Um, and what about Tim? my favourite Tim is Brasher? Obviously, by the way, just mm. that's just there's no content. There's no contest either. Yeah, right. Brasher. I mean, what a player. Is he your favourite player of all time? Favourite. Uh he'd be in the conversation. In the conversation. Yeah. Okay, Robbie Farah. Benji, Benji Marshall is my favourite of all time, but um, Brasher is absolutely in the question, uh, in, the, in the conversation. Sorry, mm-hmm. there's a couple. There's a couple of other names. Um, you've got Tim Smith. <laughs> there's you've got Tim. You got Tim Simona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, speaking of Tigers players, we forgot to mention that Grant Lynch got in touch with us. Yeah. Said he's mates with a former Bowman centre, Hal Brown, who played in the 60s. I looked him up. He would have played in the 69 grand final. Right. But he was injured. And he claimed that Keith Barnes couldn't kick. Right. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I just always heard Keith Barnes was, you know, a great goal kicker. Well, Grant says that Hal tells the story to always score under the sticks. So Keith could um, kick the goals. I mean, he was a, he was a toe poker, but... I heard I heard um, stories of him kicking goals from the other side of halfway at Leichhardt Oval, but mm. maybe you know, maybe the the story was stretched a little bit, eh? Maybe it was, mate. Maybe it was. There's, uh, I just there's also Tim Glasby, 
Don't forget Tim Glasby. Oh, yeah. What a bad player. Yeah, not a bad yep. little player. Uh, so, yeah. Cameron of, Smith made him look good. A couple of Tims. I mean, and then, of course, Tim Pickup, who was before our time, but had you heard of him? No. Timmy Pickup is... Pickup? Um, Pickup. No, he's... Um, I think he played for the Wallabies as oh. well, but he played for the, he played for the Bears and uh, was named in their team of the century in 2006. Uh, he was a centre and a 5'8", I believe, so... He's probably my favourite, even though I've never seen him play. They're yeah, good. And yeah, yours is Brasher. Oh, well. Maybe again for the listeners out there, give us your favourite player named Tim. You know, we can see, maybe we can see if we can get a consensus going somewhere. It's probably We probably missed some, um, Pezza, you know. I'm sure we have, you know. Tim Manor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another guy. Yeah. Oh, Sam. Um. Thanks so much for that question. That we got a lot of content out of that. And uh, cheers for your um your engagement generally. Um. Yeah. And stay safe out there, Sam. Absolutely. As well. Just try and make sure you're on the right side of the law. Okay. I think that's about all we got time for, Tim. Uh. This week. Well, I mean, yeah. you're, you're my favourite rugby league player named Tim. I have to say, with when I watched you play for Northern District Knights. Um. Thank you have a favourite league player called Tim getting absolutely smashed. By a bloke from the beaches, but uh, you did scoot out of dummy half quite well. So, um, cheers, pal. Thanks everyone for tuning in. If you have made it to the end of this show, then wow, you know, the, the lockdown measures are really, uh, they're really taking their toll. Um, we're four episodes into the hill, and this is going to grow, uh, and, and, and it's going to be a lot of improvements as time goes yep. on. But, um, thanks for sticking with us. Give us a like, give us a, give us a comment, engage with us, talk with us. Let's, let's, let's be physically distant, but not, uh, digitally or socially. So, uh, any final words, Tim, that you'd like to say? Uh, we'll talk soon, everyone. Stay in touch. Cheers, all. <laughs>